everyone, Michael Antonovich with SwapMoto Live here for another installment of the Midweek Podcast presented by Yoshimira R&D. Max Anstey found himself in a tough spot a few months ago. Supercross was a bit of a mess for the likable Brit as crashes and injuries forced him to miss multiple rounds. But all of that seemed insignificant when BBMX released much of their staff, including Anstey, mid-season. Getting hired as a fill-in for a factory team became the immediate goal, though that too proved to be a challenge as former co-workers Joey Savacci and Shane McElrath were going after the same gigs at Monster Energy Kawasaki and Rockstar Energy Husqvarna Factory Racing. Thankfully, things turned positive after Anstey talked to Martin Davalos, and soon the two charted out a plan for Anstey to join Firepower Honda, line up for select rounds of pro motocross, and then commit to being a 250 class rider in 2023. Max is one of the best interviews in the pits, and for an hour, he eloquently explains what it's like to join a new team, where the idea to drop to the small board bike came from, and why most pros don't have a motorcycle of their own. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Midweek Podcast. We're always trying to improve, so feel free to share comments or recommendations on what you want to see or hear. As always, be sure to like and subscribe, follow us on social media, and visit SwapMotoLive.com. You already know that Yoshimira makes the best exhaust options for Honda motocross and off-road bikes, but did you know they make great power for Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, Husky, and Gas Gas? Yoshimira has been delivering power since 1954 and can make your bike run and sound the best it can. Visit them at yoshimira-rd.com to see how they can make your bike bark. Hey Max, thanks for joining me on this episode of the Midweek Podcast presented by Yoshimira. It's been a Good couple of weeks for you. You've joined the Firepower Honda team run by our guys, Yuri and Martin over there. Uh, good result at Southwick. And then now just building, building, building as we go into Spring Creek in this next break. So it's good to see you after a little bit of downtime. How have you been? Good, good, really good. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been great. The, these last, uh, you know, last weekend at Southwick was, um, was solid for us as a team. Um, you know the, the the deal only came together right as outdoors was starting and and um and and primarily the 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 guys were a 250 supercross team and 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 they turned around and said to me you know do you want to do some outdoors and i was like yeah let's let's do it let's uh, give me a month on the bike and and let's do some testing and we showed where we're at you know we we've we've had a solid uh, a solid weekend there at southwick um you know, even Redbud, the potential was was there. We were right, right in the mix with it. Um, we had to iron some things out after Redbud, just where where we didn't actually know uh, some of the things that actually went on. With we actually had a clutch issue, but it was like it was weird. We we did it as soon as we had the issue. Ten people were on the phone saying, "Oh yeah, that's a normal thing. You've got to do this, this, and this." And we were like, "Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Could have told us that." Um, could have told us that a few weeks ago <laughs> then we'd have we'd have known but it's it's one of those where the 250 honda is a cable clutch and the 450 honda is a hydraulic clutch so it's just mm-hmm. different and different for the team supercross outdoors um but we got it dialed in we we ironed everything out within seven days and, and went to work at southwick um were was 100 dialed there felt felt really good um and now a few days later we're uh, getting ready for millville this is going to be the last last race for me um we're for, for the outdoors um you know we weren't in the championship anyway we were just coming to do a few rounds to get to know each other see how well we could develop a bike and um and yes see where see where we're at and do some racing you know on the clutch thing i know that so many people are going to see that and be like oh see this is a faulty part or this is that uh hearing what you guys were running mostly production stuff inside there it's out 
outstanding that it got to run as long as it did in that moto with you just abusing it like that. And then knowing that the, that same setup minus those parts that you guys had to find out, that's really what most Honda race teams are running. It's, it's really close to what consumers have. Yeah, exactly. It, it is. Um, as far as I understand, I'm not technical side. Yeah. Um, as far, uh, as far as I understand, I had, uh, we had Tommy sales team, um, the, the build based Honda team back in, in the UK, uh, call us straight away Saturday Saturday evening after the race and we're like oh yeah no guys you got to do this this and this and Martin and Uri were like oh why didn't we get told this already and uh, and anyway it was one of those where it, it was a simple uh, simple thing um, and uh, and yeah they, they they got it dialed it's yeah it's been been solid uh, solid at Southwick and that's arguably the deepest roughest hardest on the engine or whatever track uh in the states so um so no it was it was good it was good to come back it was it was weird i i was racing and then i i was thinking to myself while i was sat on the start, start line it's, it's been a long time since parlor you know the last round of the nationals in 2021 to to actually go and do 230 plus twos is it, it doesn't matter how many you do in, in the week even when you miss the start of the season and i've never done this before like i've always started the season and then maybe got injured during the season then came back or whatever but when you miss the start of the season, it's weird to know kind of to get into the flow of it and like know where you're at and mm -hmm. just I don't know. It, it was a weird experience for me, but it's it's the 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 first time I've uh, yeah had to experience that. But no, it was was solid um, and and yeah, the whole team done a done a great job. So uh, so I'm I'm pleased with the progress and the potential that we've got moving forward. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's we've done well. You know, not a lot of racing this year just because of circumstances and everything. But when you did come out for these few, you've been feisty. I think that shows just like how pent up and eager you are to get out there and just make this count. Because seeing you at Redbud and seeing you at Southwick these last two weeks, it's that top seven Max Anstey speed outdoors that we've always known is there. Yeah, it's it's um it's a weird one. So so during Supercross and when things went a little sideways. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was looking for a job mid mid Supercross. I was kind of I was kind of sad. Like I sometimes you take things for granted. Like I, I literally left uh, St Louis or wherever it was one of the rounds, and I thought, what if I never race Supercross again? Like what if what if this is it? Like I've done all this to come to America. You know, like I raced GPs for years, but I was wanted to come to America. You know made it work with, with Suzuki and, 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 and had a great time there, but now I'm on a KTM, like had a, had a solid setup. I thought, man, I never felt like I, I always wanted more. I was looking forward to the next race, looking forward to the next race. And what if now I don't get a ride or, or what happens, you know, like, I, I don't know. And it was, it was a weird, it was a weird time. Um, it was definitely a, a weird time. It's, you never know in hindsight, you, you can look back and, and, and see things, but at the time you don't know what's going to become good or what's going to become bad. It's, it's, uh, you know, I, I said this the other day, actually somewhere that, um, I watched that Tom Brady, uh, man in the arena the other day and he mm -hmm. tells a story about a Chinese farmer and, and, and it, it's basically the moral of the story is he keeps saying something good happens to him. There's yeah, maybe if something bad happens yeah, maybe because you don't know what's, the outcome is going to be and 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 as it all worked out as this whole um the whole thing unfolded and now here we are i'm really happy where we're at i'm actually i've come out of this in a 
better place and situation and and a future um than than what i i was in anyway so so now i've, I've got uh, yeah i've got a great group of people around me the 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 deal came together um yeah, the, the, these guys started talking to me mainly for 250 supercross um the world supercross championship and and future and uh and then, and then things started moving along and 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 some filling rides that were out there that um everyone knows about uh where it's kind of fell through and it's like oh what are we going to do you know i was all set on outdoors set on outdoors set on outdoors i wasn't even really thinking about like anything past that. i was like i need to race outdoors yeah and then i i i it actually it fell through with uh with well kawasaki called me and said look they're going a different direction and and um and then there was there was talk about ktm in europe and this and that but it was just a phone call that nothing ever really came of it and i'm sitting around waiting and waiting and i called martin uh, martin davalos the, the team manager up there at five pound i said look i said i'm bored i haven't ridden a bike in a while can i just come up and see it? you know i might love it i might hate it i might not like a 250 i might think this is not for me um let me just come up and try it so i drove up to mtf um went and rode uh went and rode their their 250 on on the supercross track and Man, I felt good. I, I was pretty happy with that, with how I rode. Considering I haven't ridden a two fifty in a while, I was like, "All right, I got, I got some, some things to do here." And the first day, like to start with, he he gave me a four fifty to ride just to like get used to the Honda and all this mm-hmm. stuff. So they started talking to me about the deal and 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 all this stuff, and I said, "Yeah, it sounds good." Um, but I don't want to kind of go this whole year with just doing a couple of races in totally. like, a few races, like. Like, and they said, well, do you want to do some outdoors? And I was like, oh, yeah. And they said, what rounds do you want to do? And I said, look, I said, looked at the calendar. And I said, right, give me, give me four or five weeks. Give me four weeks um, to get ready for, uh, for Redbud. Between me and Marty, uh, between me and Martin Davalos, we can test the bike. Let's develop an engine. Let's develop suspension. Let's build a package. Um, I want to race 450 outdoors just because I know that's what I know. Um, I said, look, I... I'd rather ride a 450 than a 250 in outdoors just for now. Um, let's just go and do three rounds. Let's go and do uh, Red Bud South McNeilville. That'll give me a shot at the Motocross Nations. Um, and also, it'll it'll bring us all together because, I mean, we spoke about it earlier, just working with new teams all the time is so difficult because you've got mm-hmm. to build trust with the people that you've got around you, whether it's the trainers, whether it's the team managers, whether the mechanic, whatever when we were testing during this, this month of testing, there was days when I would come in and I say to Marty, I'm like, look, oh, you look good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm telling you, I can go faster. I'm like, I don't know what to do with the bike. I don't like, we got it to a good spot pretty quick. Yeah. We were 90% there. And I was like, I was like, I feel like, I feel like I can go faster than what I'm going, but I don't know if it's coming from the rear, from the front, but I don't know. But, I'm telling you, I can go faster. He goes, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure it's not just a track? I'm like, no, trust me, I can. Anyway, so I'm riding on a Monday. He goes and rides it on a Tuesday. Martin is still ripping. I mean, I raced him in Supercross last year. He goes, he's a fantastic test rider as well. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, he makes a load of changes. I come back on Wednesday, ride the bike. I go, okay, yes, you've definitely gone the right direction. That's okay. And he goes, right, yeah, good. So we're kind of both we've kind of both been working on the bike. He doesn't even change my levers. Like my hand. He just jumps my, on. I mean, he rode the 450 before me 
the handlebars that I'm running right now, I have not touched his setup. They're his handlebars. All I did from his levers to my levers, I moved my levers down a tiny bit because he runs his levers super high. Mm-hmm. When he rides my bike, he doesn't even touch anything. He literally gets on it, rides it, and we can both kind of test in the back. I mean, look at look at Kawasaki with, with Brock Tickle. Obviously, he's still flat out testing for those guys I see on Instagram and all that all the time. It's kind of been a blessing that that we've been able to do that. Like me and Marty have how actually been able to double team our testing and and speed everything up. So in four weeks, we've got a hell of a lot done. And and as you can see, we we're in the ballpark. I mean, I, I did I did I only did two days of testing with Factory Connection, and they were great days. But I ended my testing, and, and I was I thought I was pretty happy. So I was like, yeah, I feel pretty good. Like I'm going pretty fast. All this stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm ripping, but I'm riding on my own. Um. Anyway, then uh, I said to my case, to my my suspension guy, I said, "What did you think?" I shook his hand. Like, how's it all going? What do you think? Do you, he goes. Goes okay, but I can make you go two seconds faster. I said okay. He said, but we need two more days. I was like, well, we don't have time for that. We've got to do some other stuff. And, and I was like, oh man. But yeah, and we're still competitive now. He he even said to me yesterday. I was I was with him yesterday, and, and he said, look, if we were actually going to do a full series of outdoors, he said I can make we can make your bike even better than what it is we can we can go again like we could be even mm-hmm. even more competitive and up the front so so it's it's been good you know we're, we're we're in a good spot the guys have worked really really well together in in the last um you know, few weeks that we've had it's fast-tracked everything and now after millville you know i, I literally get off off the track at millville and, and the focus is completely and solely on the 250 you know i i I want to do uh, I want to do the microsonations, but I'm I've asked to do that on the 250. Um, I want to do uh, well, yeah. The microsonations is one thing, and then two weeks later is is the start of the World Supercross, which is in uh, in the UK in Cardiff. Um, so my whole focus is is now shifting to the 250, and we can take um, everything that we've learned from this period of time to to work together with our with our engine guy, with the suspension, with everything to to build the package. A really strong, solid package for uh, for World Supercross, so I can go in there and, and battle for wins and hopefully try and get that that World Supercross SX2 title. That's the uh, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. And hey, perfect timing for you guys to announce that team today joining World Supercross. Your Reeves team getting that license. We'll talk more about that in a bit. One thing I do want to talk to you about because you did mention Tickle when Brock was in that little bit of purgatory with his career of not really knowing what he was going to do. The cool thing was, is he rode so many bikes. So like one week you'd see him on a Honda and then a Cowie and then a KTM. He was helping everybody everywhere. You've been kind of in a similar spot because you've ridden three different bikes in the past year now from the Suzuki to the KTM to the Honda. So learning all of that has been super helpful because you see the baseline against all of these bikes. But then at the same time, all of the stuff you're doing, like you said, is not only helping you, but it's helping everybody that's going to join the team later on. So this is a huge testing package that, not only is it important in the short term, it's years in the making, and then it's going to be years of progress from here on out too. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's. I mean, I didn't want to ride all these different bikes. It's not, it's not <laughs> I've wondered um, how how they are too, because like you being such the guy, you would have to know like, well, this does this or this does that. This is here. This is here. Everything's got to have its own attribute too. Yeah, it, it's. 
it it does i i can i can i can really feel it on outdoors quite a mm-hmm. lot uh, just because i've spent so much time in europe riding factory bikes and and solid bikes over there um and being on being on great teams um it's uh supercross was a little harder because um all i knew on a 450 was a suzuki and when i got on the ktm i'm not being funny but the ktm was the best bike that i've ridden on supercross i'm like i don't really know how to make it better because it feels like the best bike i've ridden and then you go racing and you're like oh man some of these guys are still better like that is that kick normal is that not so then yeah you're constantly um my brain is constantly uh working on how to get faster and, and whether that's the bike or whether that's me or, or or whatever so i think a massive massive part of of this next phase is martin having martin have so much success in the 250 class um you know with multiple multiple teams and bikes and 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 wins i i, I really do think he is going to be the 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 key factor because because he they could give me i mean the, the bike that they gave me to ride um when i when i rode the 250 i was like yeah it feels really good still feels slow it's a 250 mm-hmm. you know it, it, uh, you could give me the star yamaha arguably what everyone talks about i mean i don't know everyone talks about oh, the fastest bike in the pits on the 250 you still give me that and i don't even riding a suzuki 450 it's still gonna feel slow it's a 250 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so i don't actually know I, I don't have the feeling of of what uh, a really good package on the 250 feels like. I, I can do the chassis and things like that, but yeah, you could tell me, yeah, this is the fastest bike ever, and I yeah. ride all win, and I go and, and I go and race, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm getting the last place start or something. I, I don't know. So Martin is that that's the biggest area where Martin is is really going to um going to help um because because he has all that knowledge and and between the two of us. We can we can really build build a strong package and uh, and and I feel like I feel like I've got a head start. Like of course things went a little sideways during Supercross, and I could have been continuing to ride the KTM. You know the plan was to ride the KTM the full year, um, but it's in a weird way I've kind of got a head start now with the Honda, the crew, everyone to to now. We, we've got this extra time so we can use this time to to progress into the end of this season moving on to next season so when you uh left st louis that friday i remember you and i having a conversation and you're like hey just let people know that i still have 250 eligibility because you moved to a 450 pretty quickly you know i think really really early in your pro career so i think back to that conversation you and i had that day and i was like well i wonder how this is going to go you know we'll see and then to fast forward to now to see where there's this multi-year plan in place for you where the 250 is such a focus when you and I said that that day like did you really think you were going to be spending so much of your future on a 250 or was it just like grasping for straws at that point okay so so how it all kind of started was um I was sat at the 83 compound mm-hmm. um with Justin Bogle and and Shane um Shane McGrath and I think I can't remember if there was someone else there or um, if it was Osborne or someone, um, I, I was talking to the guys and they said to me, Max, why don't you ride a 250? Because obviously things were going a little sideways. And I was like, well, I'd not really thought about it. I was like, I'm a 450 guy. And they were like, mm-hmm. bro, they were like, bro, if, if I could ride a 250 again, I would ride a 250 again. It's, 
it's so sick. You can do this. You can do that. You can make a lot of money. You can do. And I'm like, oh, I didn't really think about it, but okay, I'll I'll see what's out there. It's hard because majority of the teams, you it. I, I guess it's hard because, like with firepower, the the firepower on the team, I hadn't even seen them race. Like I'm so focused on my own thing on a 450. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Not, I'm not, not, I didn't even know what riders they had. Like, I, it's, I'm just, you're focused on doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, but that goes two ways. So, all the teams in the 250 class, the, yeah, they know the Tomax and the Webs and, and the top guys. But the guys that are just outside of that, you know, that they're so busy doing their own thing, they don't, they don't care. They're, well, not that they don't care. They just don't even think about it. It's not even a thought to yeah. like, oh, uh, Oh, this guy could be, unless unless he's like a filling guy, like like when Chisholm went and raced the star thing, you know, and and, and was solid and, and things like that. You get like the the moto concepts where they start thinking about it and bringing guys back down and, and putting things around. But it's um, yeah, it, it's it's hard when you're not in that in that limelight. And like you said, um, I've been a four fifty guy for a while, but the reason for that was I, I turned pro in in two thousand nine for outdoors. I was just sixteen. I raced for Star Yamaha in 2010, raced West Coast. And then 2011, I went back to Europe. So I went back mm-hmm. to Europe and raced GPs. And the age rule over there is 23. So I raced GPs on 250. I raced MX2, was won a lot of GPs in MX2. I, I was the second winningest rider to Hurlings. I mean, um, I won more more motos and overalls than Ferrandis when we were when we were racing back, back there on the 250s. And then Ferrandis came to America already on the 250 i got to 23 had a factory husky deal um went went for 50 you know raced over there for three yeah 17 18 19 and then at the end of 19 i was out of a deal kind of um looking at my options and then i thought oh man i, I want to give this a go in america i want to make this make this work and and my wife was all for it it was one of those where I could have been, you know, she could have not liked it. And mm-hmm. I've been, you know, it's one of those. It's not, but I, I love Supercross. I really wanted to make it work. And, and it's, again, a similar thing where when you're coming from Europe to America, no one, no one knows you, no one cares. Like, like do, a majority of these teams over here, do, do they know the, I mean, you know, the Jeremy Sewers, you know, the, mm-hmm. you know, the Bardos, you, you know, the Colden Offs, all of these guys. But no one's going to hire you unless you can ride Supercross. Mm-hmm. But how do you ride Supercross when there isn't Supercross in Europe? So it's like, how does that even happen? And and I was, I came out to get to get married, and <laughs> and Dustin Pipes called me from from Suzuki and was like, "Do you want to come and test the bike?" And I was like, "I didn't, I didn't know this team either. I know, never even seen yeah. this team." I was like, it was two days before my wedding. I said to my wife, I "said Do you think I'm allowed? To, will you let me go and test this bike? Because I kind of want to go and ride a Supercross track." And, and see what I see what I'm like at Supercross. Just you know, I've been one in a while. She goes, Yeah, okay. It was like three hours away from where we were getting married. And and uh I went out, rode this bike, felt great, was like, God, I'm fucking ripping, I feel good. Um, and uh and then long story short, we were on our honeymoon, and I said to her, I said, Look, I've kind of got a deal lined up in Europe, but I'm not really that pumped on it. Mm-hmm. Um should we just go back to California? Should we just not, should we just not fly home? Should we just go to California and try and make this work? And that's what we did. We flew to California and made it work. And 
you know, and, and it's one of those where you either sink or you swim. You know, I, I, I worked with the guys at Suzuki as, as well as I could and, and swam as hard as I could and tried to make mm-hmm. it the best I could and, and learn. And, and then one thing led to another and, and got on the, the KTM team. And, uh, and then, yeah, that's why, that's why this year when it went sideways, I was sad and like, like feeling like, shit, what if I never race Supercross again? Like, it's going to suck. Mm-hmm. And because I tried to make all this work, it's not, it's not exactly the, the way that I would have planned it, riding on all these different bikes. And, uh, and then the 250 option was just presented to me. And I'm like, wow, okay, this could be a, a, a really good opportunity. The World Supercross came up and, and it's something that for me, traveling, I'm used to GPs. The first round being in the UK is going to be so sick for me. I mean, that's, that's going to be great. my actual family and friends can actually see me for once, um, which will be kind of cool. Uh, and then traveling around, doing all the other races, that's, that's easy for me. And, and I, I also think it's going to be great for the sport. So I really do think having this, this winter period of, of being able to, to ride and race and test, develop, each race I'm out there on that 250, I can learn figure it out so that I can be stronger for, for next season um, when we come come into the U.S. Supercross. So everything that you just said, like I have to ask this is because it's so impressive to see how you've made the best out of every situation you've put in, been put in. Like you look at 2019 where you guys are in the U.S. to get married and little by little you kind of start putting some deals together because you're not really sure if you like what's going on in Europe. And then you look at how this year played out you know, and, and I remember last year where you guys really, really wanted to move to Florida. You wanted to get out of California. You wanted to go tr- ride at 83 and everything that was going to come with riding there. But I don't think that if you move to Cal, if you move from California to Florida this year, you probably don't have the ease of the firepower deal coming together the way it did. How much testing you've done with them. It's this other huge chance that you have to take. So when yeah. you're facing these big, like, do you go left or do you go right decisions? And you've done this so many times. Do you take comfort in the fact that you've already done it so many times before, or does every new time feel like, oh, fuck, I got to do it again? Yeah, every new time feels like, oh, shit, here we go. Okay. <laughs> um, is, it's tough. Like, it's, it was a hard decision moving from GPs to America because I won my last race. I did. I won my last Emoto at Lomo. I did. I won. I was a podium top five. I wasn't, it wasn't a surprise if I won a race. I wasn't super consistent. I wasn't the, the best guy out there by far. Um, but I was strong. I was solid. And, and I, my goal was to be in the top three, to win, a, to win a world title one day. That was all my focus. And, and I, had, I, I had a, you know, a nice house there in Belgium. I lived in Lormore. I've done that. I was in the routine. I was... I was experienced with what I was doing. I knew my testing. I knew my settings from, I knew when they go to Czech Republic this weekend at Lockett, that's why they're racing at Lockett this weekend. You're over the finish line. There's two tight little shitty ruts that get these choppy little bumps. And you come down the hill, you set up the outside. So I know my way around all those tracks. Like mm-hmm. literally you could take me there tomorrow and I'll be fine. Um, so moving to America was scary because I, not in a, in a, I don't know how you'd call it, but like I had my, I don't know if, if it's a reputation or you had your, rep, I, I was, I knew what I was expected to do in Europe. In Europe, I was expected to be top five, mm-hmm. to be 
to be solid. Whereas I came to America and it was like, fuck, like, cute. I don't know where, where I stand, what, I, what I'm doing, who or how this is all going to work out. So um, it, it's one of those, though, where I came to America and I'm so I'm 29 now. So I came to America when I was 27. Like usually guys come when they're young and move, move over. And I, and I did that when I was young, too. But but I was spent a lot of time back in Europe. I literally feel like I'm a 17 year old Jet Lawrence rookie again. Like, okay. I love riding supercross i love learning it's it's given me life like i not that i didn't have life before but i feel like it's given me longevity i've got no i'm learning progressing every single day like every day i'm still thinking like i'm like i'm a little kid and touch wood i'm i'm very solid like the body's the body's been good i haven't taken too many hits where i mean everyone's had injuries everyone's had things that have that I've knocked them back, but I've recovered well, learned a lot about my body. So I don't feel like I'm, oh yeah, I'm 29. I'm just kind of doing this to, to, to just ride around. Like I want to race this 250 for the next couple of years, get some really good results. I want to win. Mm-hmm. And then I want to go back to the 450 class and I want to go, and I want to use all the skills that I've learned in that to, that arguably might be a, a touch easier because you've got half the class. I mean, you still can't underestimate anything in, in, in that class. Those boys are gnarly anyway, but try and start inside the top 10, the 450 class. And then I think you'll realize what gnarly is. <laughs> Those guys are just mental and wild everywhere. Um, yeah, it was, it was, that was tough. Like the Malcolms, the Marshes, the, the webs, everyone just, oh, they, they really are intense and aggressive. But if I can, I can, you know, still learn my my craft in a way i'm, I'm not i'm not going into supercross to, to learn more but i want to just enhance my mm-hmm. my so that yeah i, I want to come back to the 450 class in, in a couple of years and 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 still race and be competitive and, and push for podiums there or, or whatever you know it's it's one of those where i i i feel like everything in life has prepared me for this it's it's a weird weird feeling but i'm uh I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping I'm right with it. <laughs> okay. The top five thing, uh, like you said, in the GPs, you're expected to be top five, but I think of you as an outdoor top five, top seven guy. And again, you showed that this weekend. Is that a pressure that you feel? I mean, is it a negative? Is it a positive? Does it just depend on the day? I'm not in America, in America. It's not, I mean, yeah, to be honest, I, I don't, unlike doing these. I think, I think on like any given day, like top seven, like, at an outdoor race, I would be like, yeah, Yancey's there. And we've seen it so, so, so many times that I think like, yeah, that's completely capable of him. Yeah. I, um, I'm telling you with, with a proper amount of time prepping on this team, I, w- I would like to come back and do the outdoors properly one day, maybe. Um, if it all adds up, but, um, because obviously it's not gonna not gonna line up the next next couple of years with the world supercross and things like mm-hmm. that um but yeah i uh I, I we could i could be a lot more competitive even than what i am now just with what i've got now just with a bit more time um yeah it's uh yeah no i i i don't feel i don't necessarily feel pressure right i love it i'm, I'm racing i i saw what i want to do um i don't i don't know i don't know i don't really feel pressure i I guess I feel pressure for myself that I want to perform. It's always hard when you're with new teams, though, as well. Like mm-hmm. first race with a new team, you're like, 
shit, I want to like, I want to like look good for winning team. I don't want to look like a suck. And then, and then, but then, as soon as you put the helmet and goggles on, all that goes away. Like I'm, I'm executing plans in my head. I'm, I'm working the track, and everything else goes away. I don't. You, you, anyone can be on the side of the track. It doesn't matter. Like I'm, I'm working that. I, I guess that's just from a little bit of experience. I, I don't, I don't have that young kid. I guess like, oh, I'm gonna freak out. It's mm-hmm. when I'm behind the gate. I've been behind the gate so many times. It's like, bang, stick to my plan. I know what I'm doing. I focus on myself, and uh, and yeah, we get to work. Whether that's on any bike, you know, whether that's on a Suzuki, a KTM, a Honda, whatever, it's it's still the same mindset. Um, you know, and and whether you're going to win the race or you're gonna get fifteenth. I still think I'm going to win when I go to the gate. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to the gate thinking, "Oh, I'd like to get a top five today." I'm. I'm going mm-hmm. to the gate. I'm going to the gate to win. Um, you've got to. Otherwise, you've got no hope, no chance. In you know, who would you bet on? Who would you bet on? The guy that the the guy that hopes to to to, to do well, or the guy that just, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to hopefully get a top ten or something like that. You know, so yeah. you've, you've got to be going there expecting to expecting to perform. Um, See that this makes that makes total sense. That makes uh all these like standout donations rides and all these other things. It's like, oh no, that shouldn't be a surprise to all of us because Max went to the line thinking, I'm gonna win this one. So fuck it, here we go. Yeah, that, that yeah makes I, sense I, now. I expect to perform well. I, you know, I, of course, winning is is not fucking easy. I mean, yeah. it's, it's very hard. I expect to perform well. If you don't expect to win or you don't expect to perform well, then hope can't be your mindset. Otherwise, no, yeah. You, if you, if you were going to go and bet on someone, you wouldn't, if the guy was going, yeah, I'm going to win, or a guy was going, oh, I hope to do, you, mm-hmm. you'd bet on the guy over there. You wouldn't, so you, you, the only way to perform well, and obviously other top guys, they all do this. They, every, everyone expects to, to do well and perform. And, but it's, it's, it's one of those where, um, yeah, we're, we're all, we're all pushing hard and there's a lot of great guys. You know, it's, it's a, it's a gnarly class of 450s in any championship, whether it's MXGP, America, um, yeah, it's it's supercross, motocross, whatever. It's uh, the 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 boys are all very very strong. It's been a trip to ask guys like Kerry Hart, Dave Prater, Andrew Baccarosa, Bruce Sternstrom, Jeff Crutcher, and Max Anstey about pretty much whatever I want. And that's all thanks to Yoshimira R and D. Be sure to check out Yosha's social media channels and website for even more great content from the track. So, like you said, that the next few years are all 250, and that starts this fall in Cardiff on the 250 with World Supercross. You've raced all over the world before. Uh, I already know that there's a lot of people that are looking at this series and they're like, well, this is going to be different or how's this guy going to adapt to this or that. I think you're going to be good to just show up and race anywhere. You've raced in Jakarta before. You've raced, yeah. uh, you know, I don't think you've been to Australia, but I mean, that's pretty, I mean, it's an English speaking country. It's just like California, really, in a lot of ways. This doesn't seem like it's going to have the culture shock that other guys are going to have for you. Yeah, I, I mean, um, Australia is going to be fun because of you mm-hmm. read my team is Australian. Um, so uh, it's, it's going to be quite, it's going to be quite cool. Well, team boss is Australian. We've got team manager, he's from Ecuador. And then we got, we've got English rider. It's, it's, it's quite diverse. So um, no, it, that, that's going to be fun. I, I'm not, I'm not worried about the, the culture with any of that. Uh, I, I know. Yeah, I, I, I guess maybe the more experienced guys, like the Braytons and people like that, that have travelled around racing all these races, you know, they're they're not going to be phased by any of that. Um, I wouldn't have thought it's. Um, but I, I don't know necessarily in the two fifty class. I don't even know who 
you know, you're going to get some European guys racing. It's it's going to be it's going to be different. It's definitely going to open up open up some doors, um, and and bring the whole the sport to a whole new audience. You know, people in Jakarta or people in even in people in Cardiff, people in Wales, back in back in the UK, you look at Supercross, you watch Supercross on TV, you look at it in your magazines, you look at it on Instagram. It's the dream. It is. It is where you. It's, it's hard to explain. It's like it feels like it's too far away. Like it feels like it's a magical land. Mm-hmm. But we're now going to bring Supercross to them, and and the guys that don't get to travel or don't get to come to America to watch Supercross, it's now going to give them an opportunity to come to watch uh, the, the the best of the best. With with uh, I saw Tomex racing, uh, Cardiff. I, I obviously Roxon. It's it's going to be it's going to be great. I, I think it's. Uh, it's, it's going to be cool for, for the sport and, and definitely help help things grow. Like you said, for so many people to view Supercross on this pedestal and think that it's out there, I think there's so many people around the world that view motorcycling as that as a whole, but all of us in the United States, we don't think of it that way. We only focus on the little bit that we see. But you've been to other places, so you know how just mad they get when they see you guys wheel out. You know, Like you said, Cardiff is going to go nuts. Indonesia is going to go crazy considering how much they ride motorcycles. As a guy that's been around the world, what can you say about that motorcycle culture in other places? Yeah, like like go to Thailand, go to Indonesia, just walking down the street. I mean, people stop you just because they color your hair. Um, <laughs> it, they've never seen. Um, it, yeah, like it's gnarly. Like like when they come to watch the races, it's a whole new fan base. They absolutely love it, and they they love everyone from the first place to the last place guy mm-hmm. is still their hero whereas you know in, in the in, in the us it's like you look at your if you're not inside the top 10 fuck it's easy to get forgotten about you you oh, oh yeah I, I think i know that i think i recognize that guy down there whereas whereas in in indonesia or, or in these countries it's everyone they, they want to get a shirt off everyone they want to get goggles off everyone they want to they want to shake your hand. They want to get a picture with you. Every single person, and and that's what's that's what's so cool because it, it brings it back that you're doing something for these people, or you're you feel like you're you feel like you're a superstar. Like it's like wow, you're you're like a celebrity to these guys because they're like wow, racing dirt bikes at this level is something that they can't they can't do. They they don't have the facilities, the tracks. The it's just it's just yeah, mind mind blowing going to see all these different places but it, it's awesome and 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 i definitely think it's uh it's cool to be to be able to to to, to give back and, and and to see to show the world supercross it, it's it's going to be it's going to be mega I, I definitely think that yeah in america maybe maybe the americans do take it for granted because it is a, such a household sport it's it's you can go down and watch it on saturday night whatever city you're in in america there's going to mm-hmm. be one need there's going to be 17 rounds so one of them is going to be close to you and and but yeah for for, for these guys um to that, that do follow it and and are are big enthusiasts of the sport even even the ones that are not that it's it's a massive event coming to that area that that yeah it's, it's going to be good going to be good for the audience going to be good for the fans going to be uh going to be cool cool all the things that are kind of leading in with this like you said the 250 class that you're going to run and we know this isn't the normal 250 class. Yeah, it's a world championship. They've done away with the age rule, like you mentioned, that is in MXGP. So it's like you, it's Sealy, it's Mitchell Oldenburg. There's some 
and plus all the European guys that we're still going to have to find out. So this is like an, ex, an established veterans class. It's going to be pretty wily through those three races of who can be the most consistent, who can have the raw speed, who can manage the bike. For you, I mean, how does that feel coming into this, knowing a little bit of the competition, but knowing it's a completely new challenge? Yeah, exactly. I, I, uh, I'm excited about it. I, I think, um, I think I, I mean, just having the first race at home is going to be quite fun. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that can add a little bit of pressure because sometimes it's easier when you're doing your first race and there's no one there. Um, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm experienced enough now where, where I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I'm happy that I've been able to do these three rounds with, with this team. Um, because we know each other a little more going into the first race if it's for a championship and you don't know each other that well it's stressful pressure this and that and the other then yeah you can maybe get the wrong vibe or you can like you know i want this to happen now or whatever mm -hmm. or, or whereas we've not had much pressure in these three races it's not we're, we're not going there for a championship we're just going there to, to, to race right now for outlets so I think it's going to build us perfectly, uh, perfectly into, into the world, the world superpass. We know that we, you know, to, to be to be in contention for this championship, you can't have any DNFs. You can't fuck anything up. You've got to be there each race. You've got to be on the podium each race. Um, I, again, I'm going to go in there going, I actually don't really know where I stand because I'm not like the Oldenburgs and, and, and those guys that have actually raced the 250 this year, I don't really know where I'm going to be at, mm -hmm. but I'm going to just train and, and do my thing, and, and I'm sure I'll be, uh, I'm sure I'll be fine. And and if we go there and we're we're, you know, miles off, then we'll regroup and go again in in uh, in Australia. At the end of the day, I I'm lucky I get to train at MTF now because uh, there's there's quite a few. Um, quite a few kids up there like even even the amateur kids they're 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 pretty wild and they're fast so so it's getting me used to the the loud revy mm -hmm. noise of, of 250 class because 450 class is all pretty rap 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 <laughs> as a 250 class they're just on the limit mm -hmm. everywhere um so i yeah it, that's that's waking me up for uh for, for for that too so um yeah i i'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, th I think, I think we're going to be, uh, we're going to be all right though. Okay. You said earlier donations and I was wondering that the other day with you, um, especially after Redbud, like, Hey, this seems like he's got a motive, a motive here. How important is Redbud donations to you still at this point? Not so much Redbud itself, but donations in particular at you in your career right now, because we know you've won at it before and you've done so well. But for this one, is this like a chance for you to reaffirm everything to everybody, or is it just a chance to run the Union Jack again? I think I've reaffirmed it on on Saturday. I'm I'm not really too bothered what anyone else thinks. I've I've won the Nations before. I can't do any better than mm -hmm. than what I've done at the most Nations. And winning it at home is was something amazing. Now my my view changes on the Nations. Like I I used to kind of not go for the nations but i wanted to do the nations for myself because i wanted to 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 but now i actually look at it more as like a a, a team event that i want to i want to help the team gb i, I really want to perform uh, together it's, it's a cool environment it's it's obviously that's the end goal anyway but you know when you're young you just oh i'm racing for me i'm i, I want to mm -hmm. do um so so no, I I think I think this year's uh, Red Bud Motocross Nations is is one that 
um, you know, if I don't get to do outdoors for the next couple of years, I mean, I mean, I'd still be fine getting picked mm-hmm. for the nation. But if it's in France or if it's in Germany and then the or wherever in Europe and the the Supercross schedule is kind of I don't know what that's going to be looking like with the World Supercross and this and that and the other. It could be easily a race where it's like, oh, look, it's too difficult to make this happen. Um, I'm going to have to focus on on the World Supercross. Whereas this year, it's it's working out. It's at home um, for us in America. Mm-hmm. I'm, I call it America home now. Um, <laughs> so it's it's one of those where, um, yeah, it, it's a race that that I want to do because it's here at Redbud. Um, I can uh, I can. I also said that I, I want to do it on 250. Mark Temley hasn't made his decision yet, um, but I I would prefer to do it on a 250 so I can just, all my prep can be on the 250. I can do 250 Supercross and a little bit of 250 Outdoors. Plus, I can go to the race, line up against Jet or Hunt. One of them is going to be on a 250. Justin Cooper is more than likely going to be, um, one of the star guys are going to be, are going to be on it, um, mm-hmm. you think. Um, at least I can line up against them and see see my progress of the bike because then I can go right. Um, okay, we are we're good or fuck no, Marty. We've got some work to do before January before we get to work in in US Supercross. We can go to the World Supercross and and you know keep keep developing through it. But it'll actually give me a little bit of insight to um, let me see how good I can build this 250 now in the next 10 weeks um to uh to, to be competitive um I, I think that's the more chances I get to ride the 250 against these guys whether it's outdoors or indoors indoors I think it's going to be better for me to learn because again I don't know these I don't know the, the kids and I don't know um I don't know these riders so it's 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 a, it's a different different thing for me so I think uh yeah nations for me is this year, it, it it's it's worked out. It's it's I think it's going to be great to do. Um, I love doing the nations for my country. Obviously, it's uh, it's a it's a fantastic event, and hopefully, we don't get as much rain as what we did the last red. But yeah, right. Um, <laughs> uh, and and the fans can can enjoy it a little more. But I do like that. That's pretty noble of you. You know, yeah. Obviously, there's a bigger plan in play to keep you on the 250 and know all these things. But I mean, I could be wrong. I can't think of some kid from GB right now that's ripping on an mx2 bike over there so they do need a 250 guy right yeah there's only conrad i mean conrad muse again i love conrad um, yeah yeah I, my bad for forgetting i think he's riding 450 this weekend actually for for diga um in uh, in czech republic um you know uh, it, and the thing is there's still 10 weeks a lot can happen for the nations you know i, I don't know who the the other 450 guys will be um depends on dean how he feels mm-hmm. when he comes back um tommy sell's been riding great Ben Watson's been picking it up now. Um, Conrad is still solid. He had an injury. So it's one of those. Uh, another thing, though, is it's 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 easy, you know. An yeah, American you're here. Base setup is, yeah. yeah. It, it, to be honest, Dean, if Dean feels good, it should be easy to, to move. If, if it was, yeah, if it was back in Europe, it would be a hell of a lot more of a mission to, to get yeah. our stuff there. Um, so it, it kind of makes sense, but again, um, anything can happen. It's I've been in the situation with the nations where, you know, I was picked in uh, nineteen. Uh, yeah, I was picked in nineteen. Ended up getting injured. Can't can't do the nations. It, and I think the day that we got announced, like all 
I think me and Ben Watson, or two or three of us all got injured on the same day. And it was like, oh, great. We just got announced the team and then we're all getting injured. Now, we, now they're going to have to rechange the team. But, um, but you know, Team GB have, have been solid. They've been on, on the podium the last, last few years. So at least we've got some low numbers. We should be 789. I think we should be 789. Um, I think they were... They were I, th- I think we'll be we'll be some good numbers. So um, yeah, I think they did last year. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was ma- it was no, it wasn't majority. It was Mantova last year. Remember, it was like in mm-hmm. in the in the mud, in the sand. Yeah, ben, end of the season. Yep. Yeah, Ben won the his class. It was Ben Conrad and Sean Simpson, and um, yeah, they they were they were on the podium. They were on the podium there. I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure. I could be completely wrong, but I'm yeah. So no, I think you're right. I think right. I think you're right because it was something big for Sean. And again, you know, my yeah. apologies for Conrad. Yeah, it was in Holland and Lupino cut the track, and they were like, "Oh, we don't know." Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that's, so yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yep. My bad for forgetting Conrad. Honestly, there's so many dudes, so much racing all the time. It's hard yeah. to keep everybody straight. Josh Gilbert, like you know, he came over, raced a few nationals. He done really well. You know, I I, mm-hmm. I don't know very well. I was messaging him. He was asking me. Um, what do you eat in between races? There's no time in, in these American races. I've got stomach cramps. I said, literally, you just need to have a protein shake and you're, and you're good to go. A banana and protein shake, you're, you're good. You can't eat um, in between. But yeah, we, we've, we've, we're lucky. We do have some good riders. So, you know, if, if things things happen and, and you, know, I'm, you know, you've got to be ready for, for, for whatever. But um, yeah, we're, we should have a good team. Okay. We'll start winding this down. Uh, I've had you a ton for a while. And Max, we could talk all day. Like you're, you're, everybody knows you're such a good conversationalist. It's so fun to, uh, especially to get you after the races because you tell it like it is. And it's, it's been good to hear. So we'll do more of these later on in the future. Last yeah. couple things I want to talk about. You mentioned last Saturday, uh, I couldn't take my eyes off you and Kenny, those last two laps in Moto One. I watched your Reeve running back and forth on the hill. I was so bummed that they cut it off on TV because I have photos of it. That last lap battle of you guys scrubbing over sand singles and launching, you were going for it. How good did that feel to race up against, you know, factory Honda, Ken Roxon on the bike that you're on, uh, the condition, you know, you're in two, three races that you're going to do this summer. How did that feel? And just how was that battle on those last few laps between you, Ken and Aaron? Yeah, uh, it was cool that, um, yeah, that it got tight there at the end. The, um, the, the, the boys were strong. We were, we were pushing, pushing a good pace and, um, I think my last lap I did was like a nine, uh, an 18. And I think, I think all the other guys were like 225. So I, I definitely sent it the last lap. And I, I actually, um, Kenny went inside for a, like, and a lap was kind of there. He came out the turn after the tabletop in the middle, like the, the long kind of right, uh, right thing. I went outside and he ended up pulling a tear off. And as he pulled a tear off, he kind of slowed down. And I went, all right, I'm sending it. And we ended up like landing right next to each other. And I mean, you know, at the time, I don't necessarily think of, oh, it's a Honda. I'm on a Honda. Um, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm just racing um, and I don't really care who it is. Um, but obviously it's, it's great to, 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 to be in the mix. And, and I watched the first few rounds when, when the Hondas were 40 seconds in front of everyone. You know, the, mm-hmm. I, I yeah i now look back on that i think that was actually yeah it was cool no so it, it was great it was uh it was it was awesome to, to ride with the guys and then and then second race um actually i had a good battle going with with uh well anderson got me early then i just, like was hanging on to him hanging on to him and then and i think he got tired because he looked back 
and as he looked back he like made a mistake in the next turn and I'm like right I got you now and then and then I kept going and I actually on the pit board the last two laps was just bring it home bring it home nice and safe I was I actually had a much much more mellow last two laps in the in the second moto but it was still a it was still a good race you know even racing Dungey and and uh, and Anson the guys like just just to be in the race it's 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 nice to be uh to be to have some tv time I suppose and and to actually be uh to be competitive I don't I don't I don't show up to the race to to be in 12th that I wouldn't even bother to show up if I didn't think we were going to be competitive I'd have just said to the team look we're not ready there's no point like I'm not going there to to just ride around we're going there to be competitive because we think we can be um but yeah like if, if I didn't think we were going to be uh good then there's not much point in showing up is there mm-hmm. no I agree I agree all right. Um, something you said earlier that I hear this all the time from racers when you're in between deals or whatever, you guys don't own your own bikes. So what is that like? Like most, most pro racers, they just go from the next thing to the next thing. Cause you know where your future is going to be. Isn't it weird to not just have, you know, a 450 or a 250 in the garage that no matter what's going on, you could just jump on. Or is that something that you guys never even think of? That's a waste of time for me. I can't, can't <laughs> save my life. I can barely look after myself, let alone looking after a bike. It's dangerous. So, um, yeah, I, I guess for the normal person, if I'm answering this question, when you put someone uh, good on a bike, and I don't mean that, I mean that in a vague way, but like when you put someone like myself on a bike, um, again, not not blowing my own trumpet, but we're so fucking hard on bikes, like. One day, the bike is hammered. The bike is absolutely fucked. So, sorry for the language. Oh, um, no, dude, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> so, it's, but it, there's no other way of putting it. It's, it's the, the, the bikes get thrashed. So, it's actually dangerous to, to just have a bike. To, and then I don't want to just get a bike and ride around. Like, I'm going there to push and go fast. Then things start falling off, things start breaking, and, uh, you end up upside down and and plus if you don't have the suspension right the engine right like it's it's the the bikes nowadays that our race bikes are so so fine-tuned um it's it's not yeah where when you're at the the stage where i want to go and go fast i'm like like you said like when, when things went sideways and, I, and i'm sitting there without a ride without a bike i did actually um i went and rode hunters uh hunter had a Hunter Lawrence had a, a 450, just a stock 450 that kind of a few other guys were riding. Like if anyone came over, his friends were riding this and that. I went and rode it and I did like, I, it was me and Jet. Jet, Jet was actually Gazzy and, uh, and Hunter were at um, one of the last Supercrosses and me and Jet were, were riding and Jet didn't have a mechanic at the time. So one of the other guys was, was looking after, uh, was looking after us. And, and I went out there and I ended up washing the bike and I did about five laps. And then I thought, I'm literally about 12 seconds a lap slower than Jet going around here. This is a waste of time. The bike's so soft. The bike, the brakes, the brakes sort of work, but they're not that great. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not having fun. I want to go fast. Mm-hmm. I ended up then spending 30 minutes cleaning the bike. And I'm like, I probably didn't even clean it very well because I'm not very good at that kind of stuff. Probably filled it full of water, left it on the stand. And I thought, I'm not doing that again. I will just wait until I until I have a have a bike, and I called Marty, and I'm like, right, I'm coming up to ride a ride a proper bike. Let's uh, let's go and do some 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 work with some people that are right. It's hard, you you unless you have a full time mechanic or you're good at being a mechanic. Like Martin, actually, 
he surprised me. Martin Davalos, he's a, a really, really good mechanic himself. Myself, I changed an air filter once when I was about 14. It sucked sand in, blew the engine up, I went straight over the bars. That was the last time I touched a bike. Okay. Um, so I, I can just about fill it up with gas. But if I don't have a team, that's another reason why I have to, I have to swim. Like you can't, you, you get thrown in the deep end. You, you're either sinking or you're swimming. I am not doing this myself. Like I have to race and have to perform to have a team because I'm, I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not showing up on a bike myself and, and trying to race outdoors. It's not happening. I will be upside down because the front wheel fell out or, or something. <laughs> then yeah. So, uh, so no, it, a lot of, a lot of, I guess what I'm getting at, a lot of respect and a lot of acknowledgement to the teams and, and to the mechanics and the whole team of people that are around. A lot of us professionals, because a lot of us are similar. We put so much into our craft of what we do. You know, I, I was told at a young age, well, sort of told at a young age, don't try and be the the, the goalie, the, the team manager, the, the striker, the whatever in a football team. Don't try and do everyone. Just focus mm -hmm. on your job. And my job, is to train and ride the bike. I will be the best I can be at training and riding the bike. It's not my job to look after the bike. That's my mechanic's job and my team's job. They make sure they do that. I look after myself and then um, do the best job that I can do because they don't tell me what they think I should be doing in the gym or whatever. It's, it's no, I focus 100% on my job. Let them do 100% of their job. Let the suspension guy do his job. Let the engine guy do his job. That's how we get the best out of everything. I'd rather do one job really well than do 10 jobs mediocre that is the best explanation of that because like don and i have joked about it before and me and my brother just all these people are like man can you believe so and so as calling us to ask us for a bike because they don't have one and it's like can you believe that but everything that you said makes sense because like would max verstappen who has raced the best cars in the world would he get any enjoyment from buying like a go-kart that's at K1 speed and going and doing laps around that. And that's the same thing for you guys. When you're on that like 1% all the time and you're going to go ride some bike that hasn't had its blood, its brakes blood and God knows how long. Yeah. It's not going to be fun. So that, that completely, completely makes sense for that explanation. Yeah. So good one on that, Max. Yeah. Maybe when like, maybe when I'm retired and when I'm done in however many years, just to go and cruise around with a little one or whatever, fair enough. But I don't, I don't, actually like enjoy that i enjoy going fast and pushing and i want to jump big i want to push hard i'm i can do about half a lap going slow and then i'm like right i want to go um so yeah that's that's not that's not fun but yeah you got it right <laughs> okay um like you said you have been in florida we know you've been living in wesley chapel for everything from last year but commuting back and forth to mtf in these last few weeks to do some training uh, it's really respectable i like that uh what do you do on those three-hour drives um what do i do on those three-hour drives um cool people uh, <laughs> uh voice note lewis back at home back at, <laughs> i don't i uh I, I don't know yeah i i try and i try and speak to some people in england that i that i haven't spoken to um and i'm banging some music um or uh yeah, I was listening to actually that um, uh, yeah, this guy, Tim Tim Grover. I think he he has a book out called Winning. Um, he used to like he used to train Kobe Bryant and um, some of the basketball players and, and Michael Jordan and things like that. So I was listening to that too. So I'm uh, big on that kind of thing, just trying okay. to trying to trying to learn and uh, and 
but yeah, no, I do just kind of whatever. I don't know, listen to music, cool, speak to a few, listen to a bit of that, and, and that's that's about it. Think about think about my bike. Think about how I can go faster this week than what I did last week. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you take in all that scenery between Florida and Georgia. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, I literally sit on. I literally sit on one. I get on a freeway outside my house, so I get on this seventy-five freeway, mm-hmm. and it says you're staying on here for two hundred and one miles. I get off there, and I'm literally right there at MTS. So I'm like, great, I'm just driving for, for two hundred and one miles mm-hmm. down one much. I did that. I did that uh, before Daytona this year because I came down and drove, and I flew into Tallahassee, then drove to MTF, and then drove down to Orlando, and then drove over to Daytona, and then drove back to Jacksonville. I'm just like, fuck. A lot of driving in Florida, but I know the 275 miles you're talking about because it's just on it the whole way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so no, it's uh, but it, it's it's been all right, you know. I, at the end of the day, the team have got a really good setup up there at MTF, and and Monday to Friday, I've been banging out the work, working with the the gym trainer up there, working with the the all the people that I've got. So no, it, it's it's actually um, it's been good. It's I mean, we will in the next month or so me and my wife will get a house up there up near a Tallahassee or Cairo, Georgia or wherever. Um, it's just at the moment we, again, you rent a house for a year. We were renting the house down here because I was on this team next to 83 compound. And now I'm not there. I'm like, Oh great. We're kind of uh, quite far away now from, from anything. Um, so yeah, we've still got to rent this house until September and then, and then we can move, uh, move up there. So okay. it'll be all right. How do you how do you guys deal with so much moving? Me and Tyler Rattray had this conversation before him and RV went to Europe for that GP experiment. And I asked Tyler, because I was really like keen on moving to Europe at that time. I'm like, well, what do you do? And he goes, Well, you just go to IKEA and you buy furniture. And then when you're done with it, you either sell it or you throw it away. How do you guys get so good at moving across the country, around the planet so often? Because I've moved uh, I think five times in my life all across country and I hate it. So I can only imagine what it is for you guys to move so much shit all the time. Try not to accumulate all the shit. That's, okay. the, that's the big, it's uh yeah, like you said, go to like, I mean, we did that in Belgium. We had a house in Belgium, all this furniture. I mean, all of my like nation stuff, all of my stuff is, is there still either in England or with our Belgian friends. Um, ben Watson ended up renting uh, the house that we had in Belgium, um, bought all the furniture. So he, he's in the house that I was in in Belgium. So that made that easy. Um, I, uh, was in California. I, I, my wife went back and completely loaded up the houses. I was actually over here getting ready for Supercross. So I didn't have to do all of that stuff, which she still gives me shit about now because I'm sure that was a massive job, but we came over with seven suits, seven Ojo bags. Um, originally, got set up in california we're there for two years and and yeah again it's surprising we filled a whole pod thing one of those big pod containers to move to 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 florida that was a mission i'm i'm not um i wouldn't want to move from california to florida again that was quite a long way um but but moving you know three hours four hours away like it's not going to be too bad moving from here you know we haven't put things on the wall we haven't got too into it we're just yeah, like moving from from Wesley Chapel to to Tallahassee or Cairo, or wherever we are, I don't think it'll be too much of a big deal. But yeah, it's it's tough. It's not um, it's not it's not always easy moving. Um, I mean, when we first moved over, I know it's it's a it's yeah, dog, dog people will get this, but we moved over and we we had our, our two dogs in Belgium and we flew out to America just as literally I was on a flight at twelve, and that midnight was when they closed the airports in in the whole of Europe for COVID. So 
I luckily got out of the country, was in America, but we were supposed to go back a few weeks later to get our dogs, um, to go back, to get our dogs to come back. Obviously, that didn't happen. We spent a whole year in California, just me and my wife, without, without our two dogs. They were, luckily, they were with grandma. They were with, uh, they were with Millie's, Millie's parents, my wife's parents, um, and they had a few dogs, so we knew they were really happy and whatever, but, but it never felt like home until we finally got them over here. You know, we, we lived in the house and it was just like, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just never felt like home until we got our dogs over. And then it felt like it felt a lot more like, OK, we've fully moved to America now. We're at home. And then that took a year. So it's um, it's not necessarily all of the material crap that you have in your house. It's more. Yeah. Now we've got our dogs and I've got my little one and, and my wife. And it doesn't really matter where we are. We'll make it work. Um, we've lived everywhere. Belgium, California, England, Florida, whatever. I'm with you on the dog thing because that was kind of, I mean, I was like this close to pulling the trigger and going to Europe. And then it was like, well, you know, your dog's going to have to do this, this, and this. And I was like, well, we can't make him do that. That's terrible. We can't do that. He, he, we're not going then. So I get it on that. Yeah. It's so hard. Like my, I mean, my wife managed to, we, we flew back in COVID, right. And, uh, and managed to, we, we flew from London Heathrow to LAX with our dogs so we got to the airport it was covid so it was quiet so we were like okay fine um they're, they're only two they're small so they're, they're they're only little and they could come with us so she figured it out that they could come with us um i you know in with us and all this stuff anyway we got to the airport and they said right do you want to upgrade to uh to first class right because they said there's no one in first class the plane is empty it's 400 pounds i was like uh yeah we're probably never going to ever get to do this in our whole life we looked the other day to look at flights it's 10 grand a person to go first class now so we flew first class back and uh we had the dogs with us they were sat with us we had all this stuff all this service you know the big champagne all this stuff we didn't need any of that anyway but but still it it made it as a lot more comfortable but i tell you what there is no way unless i'm moving back to england for good there's no way i'm taking the dogs back to england or out of America to then come back in. The stress of of flying internationally with with dogs is so difficult. Like it in in America, everyone is so dog friendly. Like you've got shops everywhere is everywhere is dog friendly. The supermarkets, the whatever, wherever you are, restaurants, everyone is really nice. Flying, it's really nice. It's easy. But outside of America, yeah, people are not as not as friendly to towards dogs, and it makes it it makes it a lot more difficult. So yeah. <laughs> Okay, this is a perfect segue to the next question I have then. Uh, what am I going to do? How do you recommend that we spend this time on these like transatlantic, trans-Pacific flights that we have coming up? What are you going to do to make 16 hours to Australia fly by? Sleep and watch Stranger Things. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, um, yeah, try and sleep, but obviously you're not going to sleep. I, I don't know. That That's a long flight, like. The Australian one, obviously, like I've been to to Brazil and to Argentina and stuff from from uh, England, but usually, or from Belgium or Europe. So, but usually it's like a ten hour flight. Then you stop and you stay overnight, and then you go again or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's a long time sitting on the flights, but sometimes it's nice to just chill out and not have your phone, not have to reply to a hundred people, and just kind of get that time to yourself i know i know it's kind of can be boring but still it's the way you look at it it's the way you look at it 
Okay, last thing, I'll give you your choice on this one. Do you want to talk about your kid or do you want to talk about just the general vague career? What's your motivation at this stage in your life question? What would you rather have? I don't know. You can talk about both of them. I, I don't mind. <laughs> okay, the kid. We'll, we'll do that then because your son is, your little one's just a little bit older than my guy is. Uh, Don had told me for years, like, wait till you have it. Wait till you have it. You'll see him and all that stuff. And I just kind of always brushed it off as like, yeah, yeah, I'll figure it out. When I get there, I'll figure it out. Uh, and then he got here and I see it now. How has it been to adapt to this whole other thing in your life and the different outlook it gives you right now? Because everybody's got a different take on it. Yeah, wow. No, it's 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 been amazing. Um, you know, my wife's been great. Um, <laughs> he, uh, I, it, every, the biggest thing I've kind of found is how quickly they change. You right. Think, Dude, I feel you like, look at him one day and then he's completely different. But I feel like I'm the same as what I was five years ago. I don't feel like I've changed at all. And yet he changes from week to week. And you think, wow, if that's actually happening inside all of us, think how quickly we can change and we can adapt and we can get, we can get better. Um, but no, it, it, it was a crazy time because he was due or he was born right in the middle of Supercross. So we were thinking, how's this going to work? I'm going to be stressing on going to a race. Am I going to miss a race? Again, you, you, I go back to the whole Tom Brady Chinese farmer thing saying that you never know at the time what can be good or bad. The whole thing went sideways during Supercross. I ended up being there for when he was born. I ended up then being there for the next five or six weeks, not going to the races. So in, in a weird way, it, it was a blessing. It all worked out really well. And, and, I got to spend that that first amount of time instead of being stressed on going racing. I've still got to perform, so I need to make sure I feel good or whatever. I was still stressed because I didn't know what what I was doing, but it was just really nice to spend that time, um, spend that time with him and and the family. And no, it, it's honestly, um, I, it's it's so nice. It's just it's just another one of those things where you come home and it's like I I spend I spend a week away at MTF and I come back and I'm, I'm so pumped to get home. Um, so uh, no, it's it's an awesome an awesome feeling, and and uh, he's doing really well at the moment. So we might go swimming later on if, if there's no thunderstorms. We might take him swimming. He's only been swimming once time before, so it's uh, yeah, it's good fun going to do all these little little fun things. It's uh, it's awesome. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's so fun. There's we're fortunate enough that we get to live back where I grew up at instead of California, and yeah. so we get to see my whole family. So like this morning, he was with both of his great grandparents, uh, my mom, so his grandma, my aunt and then me, and then he gets to see his whole family. So all that stuff. But like you said, how much they change every day. I look at him. I'm like, Whoa, you're way different yeah. than you were the other day. And I've yeah. never thought like, if he could change that much, how could I change? So I'm going to give you a nod on that. I just changed my outlook on a lot of things now. So I appreciate that, Max. Thanks. Yeah. yeah cheers. <laughs> all right. Last thing, you know, you've done it all at this point in your career. You've won GPs. You've had the national anthem play behind you. You've won the nations. You've done well at everything that you've put your mind to. What is the motivation at this point in your career? How fun is it to still get geared up to throw a leg on the bike? Is it still nerve wracking when you're setting on the starting line? Like, even though you've done it so many times, what is that sensation of going through the motion still feel like? Still feels like I'm on a 65 at World Mini. Like, it literally still feels like I'm lining up next to Eli or next to Jason Anderson or when I'm back in Europe next to Jeffrey, uh, next to whoever, when 
I was a kid, like it feels exactly the same. Um, it doesn't doesn't really change. You just get a little more experience with it. So so you learn to be okay with the feeling, I guess, maybe, instead of like thinking, oh, oh, oh like it's just okay, it's normal, it's good. Like I, I love it. Um it's weird, the motivation, like the motivation is is to win. I, I want to win a championship. I, I wanna I, I wanna I want to win a, uh, an American Supercross and I want to try and, you know, now I've got a chance to do that on the 250. I, I want to stand on top of the, on top of the podium um, in, uh, in America in Supercross. I mean, that would be, that would be cool. Feel the flames, you know, the candles, light up the candles. That's the one, light, light the candles. Um, I, I'd love to, um, to, to, to do that. I, I've never, I've never struggled with motivation. I, like I'm, I'm there to perform, to, to, to win. And, and I, and I want to, I want to now, you know, do that on this 250 with, with, with this class, whether that's the world supercross or, or next year um, in, in supercross, or if it takes me longer than that. Um, yeah. It's, it's the motivation is, is America is supercross. It's, it's the dream. Um, I mean, I want to stand on the box this weekend at Millville. That'd be very nice too. Um, but, but yeah, it, I, I don't know. I, I don't have like a, I don't have one thing like, oh, I'm motivated by money or I'm motivated. Now, now even my little boy, like, I'm so, oh, I'm motivated for him. I need to go and do well. I still, I, maybe it's selfish, but I still race for myself. I still go to the gate to race for myself. Like, I want to do it so badly and I want to, I want to be the best. I, and I still feel every day like I'm getting better. I think the day when I feel like I've, I've peaked and like, I'm just kind of just not getting anywhere or not. I don't know. I, I, maybe I'll stop, but I still feel like every day, every week, my brain is still as on it and just constantly. I mean, I think about 95% of my time I'm thinking about riding the bike or how to go faster. I want to, I want to win and I, and I want to be, I want to be the best I can be. So whether that's, you know, now moving on to this 250 class and, and, and going into this world supercross and then, next year you know yeah that would that would be that would be fantastic i yeah i i don't i don't ever i don't have a a struggle with motivation i just want to be the best that i can be and and perform as as well as i can and i want to race supercross man i want to be i want to i want to stand on in, in front of all that crowd i want to stand on that box in supercross i want to stand on top of that box in supercross and uh yeah i i've i've stood i've stood and looked out at the sea of of fans for the motocross nations like you said having the the English national anthem, um, yeah, that that's that's been cool. GPs have been amazing. I don't know if I'll ever top the uh, top the the nations. I mean, Anaheim won, stand on top of the podium now. I think that would be pretty cool too. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really want to do that, and I don't want to do it just once. I know I, I I've had this this image of oh not this image the the I don't know like obviously I've not been super consistent in my career and I've been up and down I've won races but I've never like put it together for a championship I'm I want to change that I want to be solid and consistent I want to be on the box I want to win races and I want to go for a championship and now I've got this opportunity of the 250 class that it's it's sort of opened up doors that I 450 class is is yeah is insane so I'm I'm looking forward to having uh, a shot at this 250 class to to learn i mean the guys are like you said i can't underestimate anyone um but it's half the class you've got half the west half the east should be theoretically a touch easier than uh, the, than what i was doing so um so yeah we'll we'll see 
All right. Hey, I had a blast talking with you, Max. This was awesome. Anytime you talk with us, you know, after the races, we're always like, man, that was a great ANSI interview. All the stuff that you've done with Lewis over the years over in Europe. Like I always did listen to that stuff because Lewis, I, he's my favorite media guy from the GP. So <laughs> it's been cool to see just everything that you've got going on. And I, I know as fans and as media guys, we really appreciate the transparency and how eloquent you are when it comes to describing this stuff, because we know you guys go through all these issues or these things, or you have these thoughts about it, but very few are able to like put it into words the same way that you do. So this was a really, really fun time on the, on the zoom to talk to you today. So I appreciate it, dude. Thanks for uh, being on this episode of the midweek podcast. No, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we can, uh, we can do this again anytime, anytime you want you, uh, you let me know. I will. All right. Thanks, bud. Uh, as always, like and subscribe to our videos, follow along on Swap Moto Live, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers, guys. Thank you.